Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Wednesday edition of the Two Guys and a Mic show here on the TalkZone.com. The big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Producer extraordinaire, other side of the glass, David Olson, is with us. Plenty to talk about as we look forward to a little college basketball, some college bowl footballs. We got NFL weekend second to the last. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Time flies when you're having fun and, uh, some news and notes and stories off the sports page as well. It's the Two Guys in a Mic show off and running, or maybe at least into a slight jog. We hope to break into a sprint at some point. Quick music, then we'll get the show started. Thank you very much. Waiting for the big dog to check in. Coach flying solo temporarily. Phone lines open as per always at 888-463-6748. The Chicago Bulls finished the exhibition season undefeated. Woo! <laughs> Knock off the Indiana Pacers yesterday. They go 2-0 and uh, Sunday. Sunday, the NBA basketball season opens up. I watch bits and pieces, and that's about it. But... Uh, you know, if the appetizers are good, and you certainly, uh, you know, expect and anticipate a tremendous encore, entree, I should say, and then uh, anticipate a great dessert, too. If it's a great restaurant, hopefully it'll be good all the way through it. I allude to it because the Chicago Bulls played some really, really good basketball yesterday, exhibition only, so I know it's not that significant. But if you look at it, and uh, we haven't talked a lot of NBA basketball here, NBA fans still hanging out of the show here, give us a call, 888-463-6748. If you uh, look at the Chicago Bulls, the way they're playing right now, and based on last year's championship team, I, I got this feeling watching and listening a little bit to the game yesterday that maybe, maybe it's going to be the Bulls and the Heat in a tremendous mono-versus-mono matchup this year. Frazier versus Ali. Packers versus the Bears. Great one-two punch. It could be the Bulls and the Heat battling the entire season. i got to feel these two teams are going to do that. They're going to be the superior teams in the uh, NBA Eastern Conference. And it uh, could be interesting because the Bulls look really good. I mean, not just good, but you hate to use that word dominant. But they could be a really, really strong basketball team this year based on uh, what they got coming back, how they did last year. They got the playoff experience and picking up some new players this year, including Richard Hamilton, I believe, on the line with us. We do have the man, the myth, and the legend. Well, one out of three is not bad. It's the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you? Yeah, I don't have a myth. I don't know about man and legend. The that's, other stuff I'm worth. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's why I said one out of three, 33... What sports do 33% are, would they succeed in? Baseball, you'd be fine. Yes. Um, if I was a coach of the Clippers the last 25 <laughs> years, I'd be fine. Sad but true, but I don't think you can say that about this year's Clippers. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I tell you, this year in basketball is totally different, and I, I totally agree with your Bulls uh, analysis coach. And if it was a regular 82-game season, you'd be 
totally right. But when you consider that this is one of the younger teams in basketball and they're coming back almost totally intact from last year, so the training camp thing isn't that big of an issue, I know they have to somehow get Rip Hamilton back in the swing of things. But let's be honest. If you talk about a team prepared for a season, the Bulls should be dominant and they should them and the Heat should make a run for the best record in the East, no problem this year. Mm-hmm. And let us not throw around the word loosely dominant. I mean, you know, a really good team, dominant big dog, is saved for the really elite. Uh, you know, the Green Bay Packers this year in the NFL have been a dominant agree. team. So, But you think the Bulls can be a dominant NBA team this year? I, I completely agree. And I want to tell this to people also. The two, the, the two games that they played against the Pacers – I want people to consider this. The Pacers are awesome, Coach. Do you know who the Pacers are going to be this year? That is the team that nobody else in basketball is really aware of. But just to let everybody know, the one of the best power forwards in the game, David West, the reason why nobody knows about the kid is he played in Oklahoma City and New Orleans the last four years, but the guy's been an all-star three years in a row. He's now a Pacer this season. Guy's a score, so, He's a scoring machine. Yes, and he can rebound. And the one thing they lacked is they had a bunch of like guys that were skilled at the power forward position, but they had no toughness. And David West can flat out rebound up there. So uh, the Bulls beat a pretty good Pacers team because the Pacers are definitely going to win. I shouldn't say definitely, but I do predict they win. Uh, oh, it's just not an 82 game season. They'll win 45 games this year. How about that? I, I would agree with that. They do have a little bit of toughness uh, because they do have Tyler Hansborough who. Uh... Pretty tough, pretty aggressive ball player, so you give them that much. But overall, as a team, you're right. They've been a little, I hate to use the word soft, but not aggressive. Yes, David? Well, they're going to win 50 games a season, not a high uh, Yeah, that's right. 66-game season. Okay. Yeah, well, remember what I said? I, I was about to say 50, and 45 is too yeah. much, too. So I would say 42 wins this year is like having a 50-win season mm-hmm. in a regular, no, I would say 44. Yeah. Uh, whatever, Coach. All I know is the Pacers will be decent, and I, I do like the Bulls. I'm extremely excited this year about them, and uh, you know it's one of those things where they do have to take their regular season intensity and be able to notch it up one in the playoffs. I, I don't know how they like Thibodeau figures this out, but it seemed like last year they were the most intense team in the regular season, and then when the playoffs started. They were prepared for the intenseness, but they didn't have an extra level to kick it in. Do you agree or understand what I'm saying, Coach? Yeah, I do agree with that, and I also think there was a a, um, a belief. You know, they believed they were good, but I'm not sure they really believed that that inner confidence that you could be a championship team just yet. I think they had to go through what they went through last year. Now coming back, they've had a couple of years of playoff experience, including last year's near miss. Now I think... They believe, they know, so it's it's that inner feeling, I think, that was a big part of it, too. So you're, you're talking like in April, late April last year, when they're vying for the number one record, and, and they're saying stuff like, hey, we think we can win the World Series, let me win the World, win the World Championship, beat the Heat, take out whoever comes in the West. They were just saying that, and then when June 1st came around, they looked in the mirror and was like, wow, we were so close and totally let it go. So maybe, that, maybe they need that, Coach. That would be... See, that's the difference. A great team learns from being close and losing like the late 80s, early 90s Bulls team did, and then got better. And an average team, well, 
that was a shot in the sun, and then we'll see if they ever come back. Mm-hmm. And it could be, you know, we both of us loved Keith Bogans and kind of criticized the Bulls for getting rid of Keith Bogans. I still don't like that we don't have him anymore, but the guy they got in, and it's early here. We're making every comment based on a couple exhibition games and a little intuitiveness, but Richard Hamilton looks like the way he's playing, the way he looked yesterday, could be a perfect fit into that starting five. Uh, you know, now you got Rose, Hamilton, Noah, Dang and Boozer, all scoring threats, all guys that can go up. And the Bulls bench, Big Dog, is deep. Is just, I'm not going to say any team, but pretty close to it. Great bench. And they've got that chemistry, that ability to, uh, they, they like each other, they believe in their coach. Not that many NBA teams, I think, had the chemistry, an oft-overused word, but I think it's there for the Chicago Bulls. No, that's, uh, I think you got it exactly right. They do have a lot of chemistry. And no matter what you say about the depth, of their bench compared to other teams. One thing they do have are a lot of different and versatile roles coming off of that bench. I mean, I think they, I wouldn't mind another good player coming off of there, but it seems like they got a, they got a gunner in Kyle Korver. They got a wing defender in Ronnie Brewer. Uh, they got like a energy and rebounding off the, off the bench with Taj Gibson. Uh, they, what they need, it's like I know Keith Bogan was a guard version of it, but I, I kind of wanted just another version of a guy that could change the game without scoring. Yeah, and they got well. They have a defensive big man, an Omar Ashik, very good defender, uh, very surprisingly for a European guy, very intelligent defender. And if Derrick Rose gets injured for a little bit, not a long term, but a little bit, or gets in foul trouble, a very capable backup, a quality player in C.J. Watson. So let's add those two guys to the mix as well. The the only better backup point guard in the league is the starting off guard for the L.A. Clippers and Chauncey Billups. He's, wait, Chauncey Billups is on the Lakers? Oh, I, I meant the Clippers. Clippers. I'm so, getting those two confused right now. No. I forget that one has the tradition of greatness and the other one doesn't. Put it simply, Coach. So... Yeah, the Clippers um, looks like they spent the money, and it might be that their usual seat at the lottery table might have to be taken by somebody else this year. A lot of people are picking the Clippers to make maybe like the Final Four in the NBA, and they share their home arena with the Lakers, right? So the the Staples Center could be a could be a pretty good place for NBA hoops this year. Yeah, it's going to be a phenomenal place, and you know it would have been a rivalry no matter what. If you get two teams that are good in one city. A rivalry is created. Well, you throw in the fact that David Stern nixed the deal yep. that really messed up the Lakers' season because not only did they not get the player they wanted, one player was so frustrated by it, they traded him to the defending champion for draft picks, and then the other guy involved in the deal, Paul Gasol, has been pouting ever since this happened. So, Powell, I mean, this, just to keep our record straight, Powell is still a Laker? He is still a Laker. Lamar Odom was traded to the Mavericks. It was going to be Gasol and Odom and draft pick to different teams, and they would have got Chris Paul back. Well, the NBA nixed that deal and allowed the Clippers to get Chris Paul. So now, not only do the Lakers not get Chris Paul, they lose Odom for nothing because he was so upset about the deal, and now their team is really in a, in a bad situation. And now that the guy that the team they share the building with gets the guy that they wanted from the onset, Chris Paul. It's, it's, it's crazy. 
Well, I mean, going back to the Clippers, before you put them in the Final Four of the NBA, let's go back to what we were talking about, the Bulls and the chemistry. I yeah, mean, yeah, you got, you, you got all these big-name players, and you, know, you don't know if they can play together yet, though. So it, it, might, it might take them a season, a, season, a season and a half to gel before they actually yeah, really start Yeah, but they've got the, the master chef, Vinny Del Negro, at the head. So I'm sure he'll put the pieces together. Right. I, I yeah. forgot Vinny Del Negro. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did, too. I did, too. Yes. But Many... no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. Because look, at everybody talks about, oh, look at the Eagles. Well, it took the Eagles 13, 14 games before they started playing good football this season. So if it takes, in the 66-game season, it takes the Clippers a while to gel, and all of a sudden they're playing road games in the first round of the playoffs, all we got is a team that jumps really well all season. Well, we will we will find out. By the way, speaking of the Eagles, coming up in a little bit, we're going to uh, take a look at week two, second to last week of the NFL and start looking at uh, who needs to beat who, all the playoff permutations. Big Dog, I know you did your homework on this. We'll mathematically break down all the odds. Actually, we probably won't do that, but we will take a look at the uh, second to last week of the NFL season. But uh, it is kind of fun, isn't it? Talk a little NBA basketball, even though for yeah. both of us, we talk down on it sometimes, and it hasn't been a primary source. We kind of ignored the whole strike thing, and at times we get tired of it. But there are still some positives, and especially, of course, when our local Chicago team is so exciting. But kind of good to be talking a little NBA hoops, Big Dog. Uh, it, it's phenomenal, and uh, it's good to be back. And I admit, if the Bulls weren't as good as they look right now, it would be very difficult for me after this ugly lockout to be even interested in basketball right now. Honestly. I, I'm, I'm going to be, I want to admit, wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly right now, I'm a fair-weather NBA fan because, quite honestly, the product can sometimes absolutely bore me as I watch games that do not involve the Bulls. Honestly, because I don't know what else to say to you. Well, that's, you know, in, in radio, to connect with your listeners, honesty comes first, Big Doug. They can, they can see through the fake chivalry, so I appreciate your uh, honesty. I'm sort of the same way. I root for the Bulls, typically in the middle of the winter on a Wednesday night, if the uh, Lakers are playing the Pacers at 9 o'clock at night, I'm not tuning in. Yeah, that's that's really good go-to-sleep television for me. I'm not <laughs> kidding you. But there's something about uh, sneakers squeaking on a gym floor at 12.30 at night it's not bad. when the Lakers are up 25 <laughs> and uh, Jordan Farmar is out there leading the offense. You know, I don't know, something that's lullaby time for Joel Redwine. It, hey, it beats counting sheep. It beats what? It beats counting sheep. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Big dog and the coach at your service right up until eleven o'clock here in the two guys and a Mike show. Talk a little NBA. Who? What do we got? Five, five games on Christmas Day. Big dog. Is that? Do I got that correct? That sounds right. And believe it or not, uh, Mike Bream and uh, Jeff Van Gundy are doing two games. On Christmas. Wow. I'm sure the families are very happy about that. But wow. basically, they're going from one game, they're going from the Dallas Mavericks heat game, getting in a plane and flying to see the Warriors play because Mark Jackson, their old, uh, the old color analyst with that duo, yep. is uh, leading up the Golden State Warriors this year, and he is guaranteed a playoff berth, by the way. Just to let you know, if, anybody, if you guarantee a playoff berth with the Golden State Warriors, I know half the teams make it in the NBA. That's still a bold statement. I'm trying to think if I can name three players of the Golden State Warriors right now. Baron Davis no longer a Golden State Warrior. Uh, 
Yeah, right now he's actually trying out for a Japanese sumo team. <laughs> he did, he got cut recently. He's Baron Davis uh, available. Yeah, he's a he's an amnesty thing. Whenever a guy is averaging has an eighteen point career, you know, scoring average and yep. eight assists a game, and he's getting cut, and he's only a nine year veteran. There's an issue there, coach. Yeah, there is, there is. But I'll tell you what, in his prime, about three four years ago. I don't think there was anybody in the NBA tougher to stop just sheer one-on-one basketball than Baron Davis. Oh, hold on. Did, now, he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers at the end of last season. So they amnestied him, huh? Okay. I have no idea. That, that's, he, was on the, he was on the Cavs. And, and but I want to tell you something about the Cavs. They drafted Kyrie Irving, and I did not like that pick whatsoever. And then I watched him play the other day. Mm-hmm. He's smooth, Coach. I don't know if they should have taken him number one. But watching that kid fly up and down the the, the the court is pretty cool. That kid can play a lot. So. Yeah, keep in mind, two years ago, he was uh, going up and down the court against, uh, you know, uh, Elroy Community High School in wherever, I don't know, Baltimore, Maryland, or someplace. Out. He was playing high school ball two years ago, and now he's starting point guard for an NBA team. So uh, that's a that's quantum leap. That's huh. why I doubted him, because last year with Duke, how many games did he play? Five? Yeah, got injured. Yeah, so the guy's played five college games, and he's going to be the number one overall pick, starting point guard, in a in a in a division that has Derrick Rose, and the kid from uh, Indianapolis on it. David. So, Baron Davis is now with the Knicks. What? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yesterday. Oh, uh, with the restaurants in New York. <laughs> there was, he couldn't go to Chicago or New York, Coach. They're screwed. Well, hopefully he'll find, like, the Mediterranean district. You can't. You, you, mean, you can eat a lot of couscous and still not gain weight. You can. This is true. Couscous with yeah. a little olive oil and yep. some exercise. Yep. I've been following your diet lately, Big Dude. I have been uh, discovering in the uh, suburban Chicago area, in the immediate vicinity around me, some new Mediterranean places of quality, vintage, uh, excellent food. Yeah, well, you you got to get yourself some olive oil, especially if you uh, oh, yeah. have high cholesterol, uh, high blood pressure, heart disease. Olive oil will is is like a cure all for all of it. Yeah, you could, it's all of the good stuff and none of the bad stuff, right? All the good, none of the bad. Yeah, that we what was that for? Uh, well, what the heck was that for? That was one of our famous things in the morning break days. Yeah, I can't all the all good, the good stuff none of the bad. And, oh man, we can't even remember the product anymore. Oh, huh? oh, it was it was your friend's energy drink. Oh, that's right. Uh, Q-Blast. <laughs> Q-Blast. What, what does the Q stand for? I don't know. Please don't ask. <laughs> All of the good, none of the bad. Q-Blast, proud <laughs> sponsor here on the morning break. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Oh. Let's see, big dog. Uh, first of all, um, Manaheim Melissa wants to know your thoughts on Kobe Bryant getting divorced. Uh, what do you think? After 10 years of marriage, the divorce, and how will it affect his play on the court, if any? That from Mannheim, Melissa. First and foremost, to Vanessa Bryant, this might sound harsh. I don't feel bad for you at all. You knew the dog you were marrying when you married him. Okay. Now it's going to cost Kobe Bryant millions of dollars in this divorce. Kobe, why'd you get married in the first place? You were too busy sodomizing girls in Denver, anyways. Take it easy. To get get married now, I'm I'm giving him a little bit of a hard time. They were married. Were they together ten years or were they married ten years? They've been married ten years. All right, so that, you know, there's some longevity there. Well, all I know is he had more affairs than Michael Jordan 10 years since. It's unbelievable. And now, supposedly, 
word out on the street is Kim Kardashian's best friend was the one that was tapping that. <laughs> oh boy! And it was, it's so disgusting, Coach. He would like, oh, I'm going to go get, I'm going to go to shoot around, get in some jump shots early, and then she's wondering why are you shooting 44 percent this year? All the work you're putting in. Well, he was putting something in, but it wasn't work, Coach. <laughs> and it was Kim Kardashian's best friend. That girl is such a freaking husty. Her and all her friends. I mean, do they do anything productive? Now, so it was not just to be uh, clear. Her dedication to accuracy. It was not a Kardashian, a Kardashian, but it was a relative it of the was, Kardashians. I it mean, was a one of her, one of her hanger-on junkie hoe friends. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Well, maybe Vanessa Bryant can uh, and Baron Davis can develop a relationship in the not too distant future. I, I think Vanessa Bryant is. Good looking enough to avoid all NBA players from now on. Good looking and rich, by the way, because rumor has it there was no prenup. Ooh. Hello. Hello. So, indeed, so by California law, she's already automatically Red entitled 17, to 50%. 17, 19, 44, split right, ready, set, hut, 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 hut. <laughs> Sorry, big dog, got a little choked up there. No, that's, that's, well, hey, that's what you get. You know, so... If you want to, if you want to stray, you better, you're going to pay. This, I mean, that's the truth. And are you, uh, big dog? Uh, you know, if marriage ever comes across the way of the thirty-something big dog, would you uh, meander, ponder into the thought processes of a prenup? Or what if the girl says to you she wants a prenup? Uh, yeah, I'd sign it, coach. I'd have no problem. Okay. So I mean, most people don't realize that I'm sitting on a fortune. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, he can't even tie his own shoes. He's destitute. <laughs> He smells bad. You know, people don't know that I, I made billions in oil back in the uh, 1970s. Yeah. What very pe- few people know is the pillow on the couch that Big Dog sits on. He has nicknamed it Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty good, huh? You give somebody a couch potato, a little pillow with the name for him. Hey, sitting on a fortune. Take it easy. That's actually not a bad gag bad. gift, Coach. It's not bad. By the way, I'm in a little bit of a conundrum. A who? A conundrum. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it's either good or bad because I think uh, crisis is a Chinese word for opportunity. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, I have a white elephant gift party to go to on Friday night. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I have a little penny speaking doll. And the whole thing is you want to give up a gift that you're never going to use and it's kind of goofy. And I'm willing to give this thing up, but I'm afraid this thing might be worth a couple hundred dollars. So it's still in the box. It looks phenomenal. And he says all the Anthony Hardaway things. Remember Little Penny Coach? Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Should I give it away? Is it worth giving away? I don't know. David Olson, our gift extraordinaire. I'm a big fan of the re-gift, by the way, but this is not a re-gift situation. Well, it's a, these are supposed to be re-gifts, but they can only be re-gifted if they've not been opened. Ah. So, well, that's the way a re-gift should be for the most part. Somebody gives well, yeah, you a, a nice gift, which you have absolutely no use for. It's very nice. You say thank you. You bring it home, and then three months later, you don't actually open it. You re-gift it to somebody else. It's the American way. David Olson, you've done some research on this. Yeah, these things, they're going for at least, in the box, they're going for at least 50 bucks a pop on eBay. I'd hold on okay. to it. Okay, I'm not going to touch it then. <laughs> thank you for letting me know. You know, it's funny because I, I actually... Uh, I had one of those pickers come to my house last year when uh, I was uh, forty-seven thousand dollars behind on my mortgage, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the guy, the guy offered me a bunch of stuff. He saw that little penny thing, 
and he offered me 25 bucks for it last year. That's why I didn't do it. And I was like, oh, no. He was like, I'll give you 25 bucks for this. And he said it in a way that he was kind of hyped up about it. So I said, oh, I have to hold on to that. I have family. It's, it's got family memories for me. He, he looked at me kind of odd when I said that to him, Coach. <laughs> Good financial move because uh, in one year you've doubled your money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah i got to throw that on eBay. So. You might want to hang on to that for a while. No question about it. Dog and a coach here. Our phone lines are open. You want to check in, 888-463-6748. If you have any conundrums of your own sports and or otherwise, we are here to uh, – uh, to just decertify the conundrum, to break through the difficulties, and uh, I can't say we solve everybody's problems, big dog, but we can create some openings. We can delve in a little bit, you know, and, and wrench it open a little bit and allow the person to solve their own problems. That's what great psychologists do. That's what the big dog and the coach can do here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. 888-463-6748. The phone number, by the way, did you read about the guy or the uh, car dealership? who is going to give a free automobile, cars free, if the Bears shut out the Green Bay Packers, big dog. Uh, honestly, Coach, what is the chance in a thousand that, that that happens? Or is it more than a thousand? No, I'd say it's in the hundreds. I, I, Bears shutting out Pat, one in a hundred? No way. Is it, it's so. got to be less than one percent, Coach. I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sitting here to rip the Bears. You have to consider everything in the fact that right now, the Bears can barely get a first down on offense. You give you give Aaron Rodgers a short field; they're going to get a field goal out of it somehow. Well, and by the way, the car dealership—the deal is you have to actually buy a car during the yeah. holiday season, and then if part of the incentive is, if the Bears were to shut out the Green Bay Packers on Christmas Day, that car will be given to you for free. But you still got to purchase said car in advance. Let me yeah. just remind you, Big Dad, what you're forgetting. What you are forgetting is the Green Bay Packers are down like just about every offensive tackle they have in their lineup. Oh, good point. So, and the Bears, strength of their team. Julius Peppers, uh, in, a, in a bad season, he is, you know, in a, in a fairly bad Chicago Bears season. Julius Peppers been awesome. Oh, my goodness. He's going to be first-team All-Pro again for the second year in a row. Yeah, I don't know Thanks. about la- last year. I'm not sure he deserved it. This year, he's been the difference is it hasn't been so much in spurts. He's been consistently a presence for the most part, game in and game out. A couple of games early, he kind of disappeared. But Julius Peppers, Israeli Adonage, Anthony Adams and the boys, one hit on Aaron Rodgers, backup quarterback. I one in a hundred. I'd play those odds. You know, okay, you're, you've convinced me, Coach. You've convinced me that yeah, I would take I would take a one in a hundred bet on it. You want to go buy a car? Sure, I would love to. The problem is that the other 99 chances come through. If they kick a field goal in the first quarter of the game, you're then in for about $32,000. Well, does it have to be a brand-new car, Coach? It's a good question. Good question. I thought, it, I thought it was a used car dealership. Actually, you know what, Lily, the Lilac sent me the connection to that. So I have the information, and I can give you everything on that. There's been some really whacked-out stories in the news lately, Coach. That's what Wednesdays are for. So if you get any whacked out, it's whacked out Wednesdays. Sometimes we call it Seek and Ye Shall Find, or uh, I think the name for you, you had it for Hear Ye, Hear Ye. Any uh, stories off the sports page that particularly banter out at you, Big Dog? Oh, I have got one that is absolutely phenomenal, Coach. Uh Uh-oh. And it's, it's about karma. Karma will definitely come and bite you in the butt. So there's uh, a couple, a man and woman, they're in Utah, I'm in Utah, and they go into a Walmart, and they decide to start stealing things, Coach. 
batteries, anything you can stuff down your pants that is small and kind of expensive, well, they start stealing it. And as they leave the, as they leave the Walmart, police officer walks up to them, he's like, we have you on camera, stealing, blah, 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 writes them up a ticket, puts their day in court, and the cop gets back in his car and sits down. Well, as the people walk to their car, they look in the car, the window's been busted out, there's, uh, their laptop, their car stereo, and a bunch of other stuff in the car has been stolen. So while they were in Walmart ripping the place off, they got caught, and their car was busted into and robbed. I find that very good karma, Coach. And you know what the beautiful thing is? The cop car that the guy was sitting in that busted him when Walmart let him know, yeah. that guy was sitting in the car five cars away from the car that got broken into. <laughs> uh, karma or irony of the worst kind. Yeah, that is, that's how they, so not only was the guy waiting for them to come out of the uh, Walmart so he can arrest them, it was somebody breaking in their car. That's why, the reason why he didn't get, <laughs> the car got busted into was because they were stealing. Beautiful, uh, Coach. That's called a bad day. That's, <laughs> that's called a bad day at the ballpark, also known for White Sox fans. That's, that's like pulling an Adam Dunn. Swing and a miss. Swing and, miss. and two errors. Swing and a miss. By the way, the Tribune today had, uh, some of the worst decisions in the year 2011 in Chicago—not Chicago sports, national sports—and okay. of course, first among everything else was the whole Penn State uh, situation. Uh, they put down the Todd Collins replacement of Jay Cutler as one of the worst decisions. Yeah. Uh, the yeah Mike... Think about it now. Caleb Haney looks great compared to Todd Collins. Think about it. Well, yeah, we we thought about it a lot. Think about it to the point of if they would have brought Caleb Adey in right away, maybe, just maybe the Bears uh, would not have bit the bullet and actually won the game. Yeah, true. Because Todd Collins was horrific. Enabling Carlos Zambrano to come back after a couple of his temper tantrums. I'm not sure I agree with that. Uh, Captain Hook, Brian Kelly giving up on quarterback Dane Christ after just two quarters of play. Nice faith in a senior coach. They criticized that. Bad decisions. Jeremy Richmond leaving Illinois, declaring for the NBA, not getting drafted, and then getting arrested. <laughs> yes. Adam Dunn. The Bears, or the, Bull, or the White Sox picking up Adam Dunn. Uh, Illinois, Ron Zook inexplicably going for two points against Indiana, even though it didn't cost the Illini the game. And then going forward on fourth and three from the Ohio State 17-yard line, instead of kicking a field goal, it kept Illinois from a shot at a comeback. I don't remember that, but... Oh, yes, you do, because I went off on that decision and said it was fireable when it happened. We talked about it, Coach. Okay. And when I laid out the whole situation to you, you couldn't believe that it actually happened. And you were even, even you were like, really, he should be fired for that. Honestly, that's how bad it was. Okay. They fourth put and three uh... on the 20, down 11. Enough said. Okay. It's you got to kick. All right, go ahead, give me the situation again. All right, we're down. Okay, how Illinois many? We're down, down. How many points? Illinois is down more than eight. It was either nine or ten, maybe eleven. Okay. Okay. And they're on. Uh, they're on the Ohio State twenty-yard line, and it's okay. fourth and three. Yep. Okay, so you have to get points. If you do not convert the touchdown, you're to, you're, the game is over. There's four minutes to go in the game. So Illinois decides to go for it. They call a they call a running play that does, has no chance of making it, and Ohio State gets the ball back. 
and Ohio State starts celebrating on the sideline with mm-hmm. four minutes to go in the game because they realize. So you're two score. Old. You're two scores down. You're going to need to get a field goal anyways. Fourth and three. Yeah, I would agree with it. Fourth and inches, maybe. Maybe yeah, or, fourth and three got kicked the field goal. Or fourth and three, and the scores forty-five to forty-two, and you've been moving the ball all game. You have you're having the worst offensive game you've had all season mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, every single little bit that you look at it says you have to kick the field goal in that situation. Every single bit of it. So, and I, I swear to you, that's what got him. Maybe that wasn't the only reason, Coach. One of the reasons. Okay. By the way, uh, does that mean I have to unwrap my Christmas present to you, the Ron Zook book, Football, the way I see it? Uh, Coach, I, I can still read it. I, I have no problem <laughs> with nostalgia. Yeah. Okay. And a little bit of humor, right? Oh, I love nostalgia. I think they should rehire Joe Paterno uh, at Penn State, Coach. <laughs> All right, now let's test the uh, big dog here. They have one Chicago Bear play call amongst worst decisions in uh, sports for the year 2011. One particular play call. This is pretty tough, but which – can you take a guess, big dog, on which single play is listed among worst decisions? Can I, can I ask you a question? Was it during the NFC Championship game? No, no, no. Nope, this season. Hmm. It's going to take me a second to actually figure out. Actually, somewhat recent. Somewhat recent. If anybody of our fans know that, if you're looking on live webcast, the Big Dog has just entered the studio. The Big Dog is in the studio. 888-463-6748. Worst decisions. If I remember correctly, there was a Kansas City Chief call that was absolutely horrendous. Was it in that game? It was, i got to check, what game was it? Uh, it was not. Okay. It was fairly recent. So was got this past criti- week? Got criticized for it a lot. Caleb Haney was the quarterback. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure what it was, Coach, to be honest with you. All right. That I'm was when the, the Bears were driving under Caleb Haney. I think it was third or fourth down, somewhat near the goal line, ready for a touchdown yes, drive. Yes, and then they called two consecutive seven-step drops, and he got sacked on both of them and were forced nope. out of field goal range. That's not the one where he rolled out right, and they threw the ball across the grain to the left, and it got picked off. Okay, yes. Remember he got criticized for that? Yeah. I'm not sure I even taught. It's not a bad play call. Maybe in that particular situation, not so. Caleb Haney just uh, read it the wrong way. Now, in now, studio, good I, to see you. I buddy. know you're a little surprised. Right. Just yeah. to let you know, I've been calling you since We're, nine o'clock this morning. My cell phone was in my two guys into my briefcase. I walked. So from, I noticed in the middle of the show. I walked from the Harlem Blue Line to here. Where's that? That's where I walked from this morning to here. That's that whole time when I was on the. I walked from the Harlem Blue Line. Is that the one that I picked you up at near the WSBC headquarters? The one north of that. That was probably closer to go than the Jefferson Park blue so line. So you had a solid one-hour walk. Easily. Ladies and gentlemen. All the I know dog. is, yeah, the people. Do we have them on camera here, David, also? The camera's facing the right way? So the, for the first time in a long time. A long time. The last time I was here, I think it was uh, Idris and the the America's Most Wanted Ooh. Deadbeat people here. By the six way, months ago, maybe. We, uh, we, we're done with... The brand new scissor reel. I, I showed Lily the lot, like the like the one from like two years ago. We've done a brand new one, and next month we meet with Warner Brothers with our final thing, and they're going to give us a decision whether or not they buy it or not. So, either a month from now, I won't have to look for work for a long time, and it'll be very easy for me to get it afterwards, or I'll still be broke and destitute. So I'll it'll, I'll figure it out, Coach. So either way, things are looking up for me. All I know <laughs> is that broke and destitute. Now, are those the real Warner Brothers or not? 
it's not like George and Jack Warner that live out in uh, Highland Park because those two guys have made a living fooling people, you know, with I, different deals. And, you know, hey, I'm meeting with the Warner Brothers. Well, I hate to but tell it's you. It's not it, the actual Warner Brothers. It's actually WB. So I don't know if how much that's going, how much better that is. Like ah, the Channel 9 stuff. I prefer Hanna-Barbera. Hanna, is it Hanna-Barbera or Hanna-Barbera? I was a big fan of Hanna-Barbera for the simple fact that it seems like every one of their cartoons was absolutely phenomenal when I was growing up as a kid. Quite honestly, the Flintstones raised me, Coach. I think there was a girl in our school by the name Hanna, and I think her last name was Barber. But I could be wrong. I, uh, the, well, was she related to the, the barbers from, from Downers Grove, Coach? Because they listen to the program. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They listen the to barbers the program. Are, yeah, the barbers. Are any of the barbers from Downers Grove related to a Jackie Barber? I remember having a crush on a Jackie Barber back in, like, fifth grade. I can't say that now, but at least I know I'm going to actually have to contact that family and remind them that their cousin, Marion, needs to quit fumbling and, and, and pick up blocks <laughs> off the edge. Okay. Which one, Marion Barber the first, second, or third? Uh, uh, Marion Barber. That guy. Uh, 888-463-6748. Phone lines open. Big Dog and a coach live in studio. The Big Dog making his first appearance in about uh, six months. That's outstanding. And I know you're here to break down the poinsettia bowl tonight for us. And, uh, yes. 12 words or less. TCU taking on Louisiana Tech from Qualcomm Stadium in beautiful San Diego. The, the great tradition. Of the poinsettia bowl. Now, Gary Patterson's horned frogs <laughs> are known for one thing. What, what is it, coach? Throwing the football. Great defense. Great defense. And this year they have average defense, and they fling it all over the field. So this is a TCU. This isn't your grandfather's TCU game. This is not going to be a a a 24 to three shellacking. It's going to be more like 45 to 30. Louisiana Tech can move the ball too. So that's a really good matchup. Who won? What was there not a bowl game last night? Uh, Florida International. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, Hayward Hill. Only had like two catches all last night. He's their stud, and you were pretty strong on Florida International. And Marshall won yesterday. Marshall won, wow. and and they and they uh, Marshall got outgained by about three hundred yards. So I did not get to see the game, but I looked at the stats, and I think Marshall beat him. Yeah, and Florida International must have turned the ball over too much because many yeah. Florida International fans are listening to the show. Disappointed? Are you still going to stick with your prediction? You thought one of the potential. Up-and-coming powerhouse yes. in college football could be Florida of the International. I have to admit, they're, uh, Florida International is FIU University, and after last night's game, all i got to say is I put the I in FU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty nice. You're not the first to come up with that. No, I am. I am. Really? Yesterday I was so mad about it. I don't know. That's... Somebody else probably said it, but I, I was so mad about me putting so many <laughs> points on them that I just decided to. <laughs> There's a sweatshirt to be made with that one. So I, I've got a whoopee cushion uh, creation, and you've got a sweatshirt here, the two of us. Uh, possibly could make some money out of today's show. You never know. Uh, you know what, Coach? The, I the, took the Y out of FYU. No, I put the I in FU. <laughs> F-I-U. So, uh, actually, you know, if you go to the Florida Atlantic game, the Florida Atlantic FIU game is is huge down in southern Florida because that's like they're on the same level. They both got to Division One football the sounds same like time. A, sounds like a road trip. We go down there, sell those T-shirts for the for the weekend trip. So we yep. just work all day from from about 7 p.m. Friday to 7 p.m. Saturday. <laughs> okay, we've paid for a trip to Florida, Coach. It's not bad. Unless not unless bad. you take the kids. Then it's, oh, my goodness. Then Where, I'm not taking the kids on that trip. Are right, you good. kidding me? Where um. the Jordan kids are playing where? South Florida? Florida uh, International? Central Florida. Central Florida. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Jordan and Marcus Jordan, both in there. I actually had a pretty good season, I think. Yeah, the the younger one is Marcus, right? Yes. Yeah, he's having a phenomenal year. Yes. He, they're actually talking about he could be an NBA draft yeah, pick, which he's... is pretty cool. But it'd be cool to be an NBA draft pick. He could average 20 points a game, 
six assists, six rebounds, all-star five times, win one championship, and it'd be a total failure as a basketball no, that's player. that's not true. Just, well, his dad was Michael Jordan. I know that, but... but I, I know he wouldn't be, but in some weird, some other people would consider him because he doesn't isn't 30 points a game and win He was a, a superstar in seventh and eighth grade, a legend in the Chicago area, yes. and then you know he matured too quickly. In high school, it was very... You know, decent but nothing spectacular high school career. Now, David Olson, what happens? What happens come draft day? Michael Jordan, the owner of the uh, Charlotte Hornets, right? Yes, Charlotte Bobcats. Charlotte Bobcats. So now it's their turn to draft, and on the board is his son, Marcus Jordan, but they've got like seven or eight players rated ahead of him. Oh, definitely. you got to take the guys ahead of him. You don't want to do that. That's way too much pressure then. Remember remember uh, Tubby Smith's son at Kentucky? Saul. Uh, I've never seen a player treated as poorly as that kid, ever. Yes. Ever. Kentucky, yeah. after that, I've started disliking Kentucky fans. That yeah. kid had, what do you do besides just play his butt off every single That's day? That's exactly right. Yeah. there, There's actually a kid from the Chicago area who, did he transfer to Kentucky? I think he signed with Kentucky out of high school. Ryan Hogan, one of the best suburban scorers the Chicago area has ever seen, went to Kentucky, sat for a year or two, was his turn to play. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, Kentucky signs the coach's son, and the son starts playing ahead of him. Okay. And he ended out transferring. But you're right, Saul Smith, who's on the coaching staff, by the way, with Tubby right now. In Minnesota, in Minnesota okay. Yeah, but Saul, what did he take abuse? Yeah, yeah, wow. he did. Wow. And maybe he shouldn't have played if that kid should have played ahead. Of, and I can understand that, but yeah. blame Tubby. My goodness, that yeah. kid took as much of abuse as I've ever seen a college kid take from his own fans, ever. Yeah. David Olson. Well, to answer your question, it's the Charlotte Bobcats, so they're going to botch the pick anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Might as sorry. well pick his son, right? No, yeah, we can go through the lineage of the, the Charlotte Bobcat uh, selections. Do, do we have to? One of them is Adam Morrison, don't forget. <sighs> Who, by the way, does have an NBA rebound. He's got one. Great, great college player, and um, let us say has been something less than spectacular. Is he still on the team even? No, he's on the Lakers. He won a championship last year, or like right? two years ago. He won a championship with the Lakers. There you go. Mm-hmm. Great hair. I, I, I've got a list of them if you'd like to oh, hear Oh, yeah, them. Let, let's hear that. Are these okay. all the first-round picks? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, first and second-round picks. Okay, uh, starting back in 2004 with Emeka Okafor. That one I knew. That was easy. That one they didn't mess up, but Michael Jordan wasn't running the organization at that time. Uh, in the uh, second round, they got Bernard Robinson. That didn't work and out for there him. There you go. Uh, 2005, Raymond Felton. All I can Not say. Bad. Uh, no. <laughs> what? Well, I guess, you know, he's all right. He's a good backup. Pretty, yeah, he's a pretty good NBA mm-hmm. guard. Uh, and they also had another pick in the first round. That was Sean May. And they took both, that's what it was. They took both the Carolina guys off that 05 Carolina team that robbed Illinois in the finals. Yes. Sean May, a complete bust. Bust. In the complete. NBA. Complete. Yep. Uh, 2006 was Adam Morrison. <laughs> Yikes. 2007 was Brandon Wright, but they oh. traded him to Golden State. Oh. And then, uh, Jared Dudley. Oh my goodness. Those are first. Round picks? Jared Dudley. I don't remember Jared Dudley. That's, and he, he's still in the NBA, coach, so you still have a chance to learn the Is he related craft. to uh, seven foot, one of the great seven-foot white stiffs in NBA history, Mr. Chris Dudley? No, coach. Okay. Uh, 2008 was DJ Augustine. Oh, DJ Augustine. Who? Augustine. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Mm-hmm. And then Alexis, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, French player. <laughs> well, might... He can cook and kiss well. <laughs> Jump shots, not so good at. Not that so might, good at. That might yes. be a draft for potential down the road. Uh, then 2009, Gerald Henderson. Oh, my goodness. 
from Duke. <laughs> much. <laughs> yes. Okay. And that, that brings us up to current. So. And, and, and the thing is, the thing is, Dave, if this was like the 1990 Chicago Bulls or the 80 Celtics and they're picking 29th, you can understand getting those names. They were picking first, second, yeah. third, fourth, fifth during all those picks. And there was yeah. one, Omeka Okafor is the one name out of there that you're like, yeah, that's a good player. He's still with the franchise, right? Uh, he's, yeah, yeah, and he's awesome. I mean, he's a good okay. player. Yeah. You know, he's, that way they took Dwight Howard, the pick to, right before him. That he was, and I remember thinking at the time, how could you take Dwight Howard instead of Okafor? Because you no matter what the upside is, because you know what you're getting with Okafor. I was like, I just because LeBron James was so good. You look mm-hmm. now, Dwight Howard, one of the best picks you could ever made in that draft. He's Overrated. phenomenal. Overrated. Uh, Okafor <laughs> is with the Charlotte uh, Hornets now, or New Orleans Hornets. New Orleans Hornets. Hornets. Oh, New Orleans yeah, Hornets. Yeah, yeah. I always okay. get those two teams confused. By the way, there are teachers that will use uh, consonants versus vowels for young kids, and they use uh, Emeka Okafor as a shining example to teach the difference in consonants and vowels. That's good to know, Coach. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> they might want to know Mike Krzyzewski. <laughs> God bless you. Okay, gotcha. Sport, Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. Big Oh, I'm sorry, on the line we have caller Jim checking. I forgot Jim was holding on. Jim checking in. Here he called in. Uh, Big Dog and the Coach live with caller Jim. Jimmy, how are you? Doing great, Coach. Got all excited. There's both of you in the studio today. I apologize for making you sit through Charlotte Hornet uh, discussion there, but it is exciting having the big dog live and in person. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here because it's raining out and at an hour walk. An hour walk in the rain is no fun. Luckily, I got a a waterproof cell phone, Coach. It's impressive. You know, if you would have emailed me, Joel, I would have been more than happy to pick you up, go down to the studio, hang out with the producer, and watch you guys in studio together again. I actually wrote a letter. You'll be getting it in a couple of days, so I'd like to I'd like to be picked up. <laughs> yeah, not to, not to Aurora, but uh, the Harlem Blue Blue Line stop, not a problemo. That's a heck of a walk, though. That's a heck yeah, of a walk bad. all the way to the uh, luxurious studios here at Dempster and Waukegan. Big dog, tremendous. Yeah, my cell phone was in the two guys that are my briefcase, which happened to be in my car. So, like halfway through the show, I'm looking at oh. I'm looking at Joel's messages here. Come pick me up or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. It's all right. right, If it makes any difference, I'll give you a ride back. (laughs) You could have called me. I would have come. Gotcha. I I wouldn't. I should have. I should have. Actually, should I figured you might be busy here, so I'd call Coach. Two guys in a Mike emergency vehicle. Jimmy, uh, a free car if the Bears shut out the Packers. We estimated at one out of a hundred. What do you think? Any uh, possibility? Would you purchase a new car with a chance? of getting it for free if Julius Peppers can knock out Aaron Rodgers? It would be tough to buy a new car on an employment coach, but I would like to watch the game just to see one of the Bears take out Aaron Rodgers. Wow. That would be the highlight of the game. Wow. i I, I got to be 100% honest with you. I'm as big a Bears fan as anybody, and when, when Brett Favre was smashed to the ground by Corey Wooten last year as a Viking, I was proud to say the Bears ended his career. I, honestly, I'm not going to – if I sound like I'm mean or whatever, I feel that I cannot, I cannot say that about Aaron Rodgers. There's something about the guy I told. Like as a matter of fact, he's got that stupid touch, that belt touchdown dance. Well, let me just tell you, I was with a couple people the other day, and there was a, a naive young lady there. And as everybody was talking about how great the Packers were, I say to her, she's like, I really like him. And I was like, you like a guy whose touchdown dance is, hey, why doesn't everybody blank my blank? Because that's what it kind of looks like. He's not putting a belt on. He's like, hey, Packer fans, do that. And I said that to her because it was the fact that 
the all the Packer fans wanted Brett Favre and said him, and he's still upset about it. Everybody there loved the idea, so they all start piling on. And at the end of it, she's like, "I hate Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe he would do that to everybody. That's so indis, you know, that's so mean." And then I, th- I felt bad about it. I actually felt bad that this girl no longer liked Aaron Rodgers because I said he was doing an obscene gesture to the Packer fans. I never knew that's what that gesture meant. It's absolutely sure. no. It's his championship. I'm I'm putting the championship belt on. Yes. I met it. Melt. Hey, everybody, why don't you go blank my blank? And she believed me. Okay, so, and I was going to play that joke on Lily the Lilac, too, to okay, see if she I could, if she would actually believe it. So you're trying to turn people off. I thought you were and, like, And then like she real. believed it, and all of a sudden she's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is such a jerk. I felt bad about it. So you want Aaron, do you really want him hurt? Like, how bad hurt? Johnny Knox hurt? Or like, Oh, uh, no, no, no. Just, just inconvenienced enough to where he's not taking him through the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl. You don't wish bad, you don't worry about bad karma and stuff on you? Cause I, I, I'm, I, seriously, oh. when I see players playing against the Bears that get hurt, everybody else in my, like, house, yeah, yeah, he's hurt. And I'm like, you've never laid down on a football field with an injury, have you? And everybody shuts up. <laughs> so everybody, like, everybody in my house knows not to taunt anybody on the ground, but yeah, that's fine. I'll know if Rodgers is on the ground face down with a concussion and now he's questionable for the Super Bowl that you're happy somewhere. Yeah, the other the other guy I'd like to see have that happen to would be Dominican Sue. You know? And Dominican Sue bit. deserves a kind of not like a lifetime injury, but he deserves just to be pancaked and put on his back and woke up. And forget about him stopping a Packer, which is bad enough. <laughs> he got into a car accident. A woman hit her head on the side of the car, and he told her to shut up. You don't need to go to the hospital. This is too important for my career if I get caught. That's exactly what he says what? to her. You don't when he was. On suspension back in Oregon, he got he hit a tree doing like he hit a curb doing like eighty. They figured he hit the curb. Car jumps over the curb, hits the ground, he swerves it, hits a tree, the girl's head slams against the side of the car. He drives away and she's like, I gotta go to the hospital. He's like, I'm not taking her to the hospital, I'll get in trouble. So at least he didn't fake it. He just told her no. It's for my NFL career, I can't get in trouble. So she gets out, goes to the hospital, and is like he wouldn't take me there. And they haven't followed us up or anything. The guy's in no trouble. Yeah, they, they what, that, what, what, is that different than the other car accident you just described? No, it's the same as that same car one. accident. Okay. Except, but what's worse, him stomping a guy in football equipment who was just twisting his ankle or telling a woman that he just got in a car accident with who smashed her head up against the wall, right. no, I can't take you to the yeah, take, take hospital. It's a pretty easy choice, uh-huh. is it not? Uh, so after that, I, I don't long, like him anymore. That's what made me not like the guy anymore. It had nothing to do with stomping a packer. Yeah, maybe when the Detroit Lions play the Green Bay Packers, Jim, you can get both your wishes at once. You know, Sue can sack Rodgers. Rodgers gets injured. He stands over him, and some big offensive tackle for the Green Bay Packers comes in, levels Sue on the backside. He gets injured, and then you have your wish. Both guys will be out. I, I can actually see it happening, Jim. There's going to be a reverse. And Dominican Sue starts chasing the reverse. Aaron Rodgers, who had gone the other way, sees Dominican Sue, goes to cut block him. Helmet right to Indomitian Sue's knee, concussion, ACL, all in one play. Not that I'm wishing that, but if that's how that right there for someone that is as sick as Jim is would be like the ideal, the ideal situation. I would, I would be happy to raise an extra cup of glug for uh, that particular situation. Yeah. Could, could you, that's like a hundred million dollars a football fo- player laying on the field on one play. You are. Yeah, I know Rogers is great. Watch him play. He's great. He's real comfortable back there all the time. He rarely ever gets in a panic mode. But uh, he is our opponent in our division, and uh, just hoping some things happen that make him not be in the Super Bowl again. Ooh, wow. are, are you considering pulling a Jeff Galuli by any chance? <laughs> no, that would not be in my thoughts. No. 
And, and, uh, yeah, and by the I way, love you the might Jeff Galuli reference, though. Thank you for that. Considering that now we do have kind of like a basis for a motive here, you might want to have an alibi at all times, Jim. <laughs> okay, at all times, no matter where yeah. you're at, you're like, because if Aaron Rodgers is getting hurt, you go to get the Normally, we consider it a positive that there's archives on our show, but <laughs> sometimes, Jimmy, you know, people can do some digging, and uh, what you say can and probably will, will be used, uh, will be held against you, I should say. I'm, I'm sure my bartender will back me up, guys. Yeah, and you there. say you are uh, out of work, the air conditioning business no longer employing you? Correct. Ah. Yeah, it's a bad economy, Coach. I'm hoping to be in January working again. But, Ouch. Uh, well, right. well, the best, make it. The, the best thing about global warming, Jim, is you got to be positive. So if I were you, I would start cranking up, cranking up the CFCs is because <laughs> summertime, excessive heat, wintertime, ridiculous cold, the extremes. And someone in your, in your business, heating and cooling, you, you got to have the extremes. So I have to say, now to be, I mean, to have an employment, being unemployed now in Chicago with that, I mean, I can understand if you live in Miami and it's the same temperature year round. San Diego, something like that. Yeah, well, it gets hot in Miami. You're right. It doesn't get too hot in San Diego. That's what I'm saying. San Diego would be bad for business for a heating and air conditioning guy. What's the, what's the chances of like, uh, the percentage of unemployed in San Diego as opposed to Chicago for heating and air conditioning? Just wonder. What I did was I switched to the construction side of the business. So I've been doing the bigger jobs, the refineries, the new plants. Ah. So right when the recession hits, you decide to actually go for the big money. <laughs> Something tells me you planned out this unemployment thing. <laughs> Not well enough, apparently. <laughs> right, when, right when no one is building housing, Jim decides to go with the construction business as a heating and air conditioning guy. That uh, that sounds well, about as good as Michael Jordan's first-round draft choice in the 2006 draft. Yeah, with service, what they were doing is they sit the big money guys down and they work the kids. That leaves me out in the, uh, hanging out at the house, answering phones, telling kids how to fix things. That doesn't make me a lot of paycheck, guys. Yeah, I can imagine. It's not bad. The phone consultant, I like that. Save on transportation costs. As long as I can bill somebody for it, that'd be great. You know, like bad. talking to my buddies through how to fix their things at home, I can uh-huh. do that. You know, That's a problem. <laughs> that way I don't have to go there and do it for them. That's a problem. All right. Hey, Jimmy, we got to wrap it up. We appreciate the call. Good luck. Uh, fight through the holiday season. Hopefully January you're back in action uh, and actually billing somebody, okay? Sounds great. If you need a ride drone this week, if you're planning on coming back in, put something on my email. I'll come and get you. Uh, as long <laughs> he, may, he may come and get you, Joe. I don't know if you'll actually be delivered here, though. <laughs> you got to be dressed in the Santa outfit because <laughs> i got to be quite honest with you. I, I have to be careful who I'm seeing with lately. No no oh. offense. I, not that it's yeah. you. You just have to be dressed as Santa. I've got I'm, I got yeah. a ruse going on. And if okay. you got any elves with you, they'd be good yeah. too. Last last time we saw Jim, he was dressed in the Santa outfit like halfway. Wasn't that after you were drinking the glug, Coach? Uh, yeah, that might have might have had some influence. But, but I did like the Tinkerbell uh, boxer shorts, big uh, uh, Jim. But that's a story for another day. Jimmy, great to talk to you. We'll uh, check back with you in the not too distant future. Okay. Okay. Take care, guys. Beautiful. Later, Jim. Yeah, he may pick you up, big dog. He didn't say where he's going to deliver you, though. No, this is true. This is true. That's. I don't want to be looking for a co-host come, uh, you know, the first day after New Year's. There's a lot of quarries in this area, believe it or not. More than you would think, Coach. A lot of who? Quarries. Oh. Places to dump bodies. <laughs> you know, the lime doesn't let, the, you know, it's good. That's if you ever want to dump a body. That's what you cut the lungs out and throw yeah, it in a quarry. You know what? This is not a bad area. Yeah, there's a couple the, of them. You got the Chicago River. You got a lot of little lakes and ponds here. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the whole thing with the Drew Peterson, uh, the Drew Peterson, Stacy Peterson thing. Yeah. Bolingbrook. 
tons of quarries. Tons yeah. of yeah, tons, tons of quarries. Tons. Of, I mean, there are hundreds of them mm-hmm. in between Bolingbrook and Lamont. And if you're an if you're a police officer on duty, you know where all the other police officers are at, and you have a body chopped up with the lungs cut out in the trunk. You can throw a yep. body into a quarry, no problem. Yep. It'll never be found. Never. Because you know what happens after they fill up? They dump them back. They fill it back up with stuff. After mm-hmm. they pull it all out, they dump. It's now it's a landfill thing. That's it's pretty sick, Coach. Go so on. yeah, so we, so we've solved it. She's in a quarry somewhere. That is exactly yeah. where where she's so got to be. You're not believing Drew Peterson's story that she ran off with another guy, huh? Yeah, uh, <laughs> she ran off with another guy, and they're living in the bottom of a quarry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big deal. We got to wrap it up. Great to have you in the studio, my friend. Uh, the final 20 seconds is yours. Any thoughts? Or provisions for the holiday season. I know we'll talk to you tomorrow at 10. I, I, no, seriously, there's a bunch of good bowl games on tonight. It's the two biggest blowouts of the bowl season. I thought there was only one game tonight. Uh, Boise State blows out another team tonight, too, don't they? I thought both games were tonight. Think, oh, it's only so. one game tonight? Uh, you know, well, well, well all I know is I'm going to have to go to you because I thought that the Illinois game, which is on the 31st, was actually today. By the way, today is the first day of winter. And today's day will be longer than yesterday's day. So congratulations to everybody, Coach, for finally over the hump. The days start getting longer. Woohoo! And remember, today is the first day in the rest of your life. Oh, that's nice, Coach. Thank you. Only one game today. Boise State does not play. Okay. Sorry about that. That'll be tomorrow then, Boise State, Arizona State. Yep. Okay. Thank you very much. A little words of provision as we head out to the show. All right. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow at 10, we'll do it all over again. Thanks for the big dog for doing a one-hour walk in the rain to come in the studio. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock for the big dog and a coat. David Olson, producer, thank you so much for listening.